News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Quarter past eight is the time. The Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, will today seek Cabinet approval for a bill to strengthen the law on consent, knowledge and belief in rape cases. The bill will change the current situation where a man is not guilty of rape if he honestly believed he had the consent of a woman. Nolan Blackwell is the CEO of the Rape Crisis Centre. Barry Ward is a Fine Gael Senator and a criminal barrister. They're both with us now. Nolan, explain this change to us and who might benefit from it. Good morning, Jonathan. Well, this is dealing with something that is kind of an oddity in rape law at the moment, and it's good to see it uh, being proposed to be abolished. And it is that no matter how bizarre a man's belief was in the consent of the other person, if he could persuade a jury that he honestly believed that consent was there, no matter how odd that was, uh, he would be acquitted of, uh, of, of any crime whatsoever and would walk out of court and would be free to do the same thing the following day. Uh, so, uh, so what this is proposing is that there has to be some sort of reality to a person's belief that the other person was consenting. And that's what's proposed, that, that there is some way that an, uh, somebody looking in from the outside or a jury could say, yeah, that belief was reasonable. Because in the, in the question of rape, the, the question is, did the other person consent to the sexual intercourse? And now it is going to, it is going to be the case when this bill goes through and it's at a very early stage, thankfully, it will get rid of that thing that says any old belief would do. Uh, the problem uh, traditionally, uh, Barry, has been that you have to have two components for a crime to be committed. You have to have the physical act, but also the mental intention uh, to commit that crime. Presumably this was the loophole that was being employed by many defendants. But at the same time, surely if there was no intention, there is no crime. So how can we balance this legislation and could it be unconstitutional? Well, Jonathan, you use the term loophole there. Of course, it's not a loophole, it's a protection. And as you say, in the normal course of events, in order to commit a crime, one has to intend to commit the crime and we, we that mental element is, is necessary. Now, that's not to say that this is not an, that this is an unreasonable law. And in fact, this is a change that has been called for by the Law Reform Commission from a number of years ago. Crimes generally divide into two types, specific intent and basic intent and Rape is a specific intent, so there there must be at the moment in the law a specific intention. I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything Nolina said, but she makes a good point in that a jury can be convinced that if an honestly held belief, however unreasonable, is there, then the person is not guilty of rape, and that's what the law says. And what this law proposes, and as Nolina says, it's in the early stages, it hasn't even been drafted yet, but what it's going to contain is a requirement that that belief is reasonably, objectively reasonable. So Therefore, instead of asking the jury to put themselves in the mind of the potential offender and to imagine what he was thinking or believing at that time, they're now being asked to step outside and look at it as a reasonable bystander and to assess what the defendant is saying on a reasonable basis, an objectively reasonable basis, and say, well, could that person reasonably have believed what he says he believed at that time? And as I say, that's something that's been called for by a number of advocacy groups and the Law Reform Commission as a change in the law. It will, it, it, it is something that will have to be done very carefully but I think the suggestion is probably proportionate and the Supreme Court has said previously that introducing these objective standards of criminal liability are acceptable where they're proportionate to the public interest which would seem to be the case here. 
Nolene, traditionally, the, the crime of rape wasn't even a, a crime against the woman. It was a crime against either the father or the husband, as, as the case would dictate. This is going back many, many decades. Uh, this is further evidence that we are taking the crime more seriously, one would argue. But at the same time, are we not just empowering the jury to use common sense as they view the evidence that is presented to them and, and shows that the jury can actually make a call on whether or not they believe the defendant or the the accuser? Yeah, so so that is, of course, it's, it's one of the things about uh, rape and other sexual offences, Jonathan, is that so much goes on the jury's belief of what uh, the, the person who makes the complaint and the person who's accused of the crime, on, on what they thought and did and what their actions were and what their motivation was. Unusually, um, in, in these cases, there's often no other evidence apart from he said, she said, uh, in these cases. I think what this is uh, allowing the jury to do is to recognise that this case is all about um, a person's uh, a, a person's consent to something being done to them. And this is the person who's the victim of the crime. So, for instance, another proposal in this legislation is that, uh, in this proposed legislation, as I understand it, is that if a person says, I honestly believed they were consenting because I was so drunk, I made myself so drunk, I didn't know what I was thinking, that's also going to go. So if you self-induce your own intoxication, that's not going to be a reasonable excuse either. It is in one of these crimes where so much depends on uh, not going ahead with the sexual activity unless you have established consent. That's what sexual offences are all about. And it's why in this area we are inching towards um, a modern day system that removes these ancient defences, which were all about once the man said it was the case that he was happy with it, okay. uh, then that was okay. Uh, Nolene Brackwell of uh, the Rape Crisis Centre thank you for that Barry Ward before I let you go just one story on the newspapers this morning that has uh, eyebrows being raised and it was a a study conducted by MIT and Maynooth University 154 articles they created on Irish Supreme Court decisions half of which were uploaded to Wikipedia then they found that the cases detailed in the uploaded articles are 20% more likely to be cited as precedents in court rulings, meaning that judges are using Wikipedia to come up with their decisions. Hardly uh, the standard we're looking for. Well, I would not agree that the that the finding of the of the report was that judges were using Wikipedia to come up with their decisions. What it has found is that clearly um, they are reading Wikipedia articles about certain decisions. But it's also very important to note that Brian Franigan, the minute re- researcher who was involved in this, has said that they they are not using them as cut and paste. So you have to assume the judges are maybe sourcing particular decisions, but they are reading the decisions. And it's one thing to use Wikipedia, which we know is is a flawed source of materials but it's one thing to use it for your information it's another to use it as a source of where that information might be. Barry, you and I both studied law at different colleges and different times but if you tried to produce Wikipedia even though it didn't exist at the time before any of my law professors they'd have shot you down in flames Mm -hmm. surely judges should be doing a more traditional approach? 
No, absolutely. And I'm not saying that this is this is a good report, but it, there's a difference between using it as a source for your information and using it as a, as a way to find where the information is. So, for example, Wikipedia might identify that a particular case is out there as long as the judge goes and reads that case and looks at the reasoning behind that decision and applies that reasoning rather than relying on, on Wikipedia. It's much less problematic and it's important to distinguish between the two. And Dr. Flanagan makes it very clear that he's not suggesting that they are using Wikipedia as the basis for the decision, but they are clearly reading those articles. And I think that is problematic in its own way, and I think guidelines should probably be drawn up in that regard. Judges are human, after all, I suppose. Um, thank you very much for that, criminal barrister and Senator Barry Ward. The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.